This is the Mindful Experiment Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Vic. Excited that you're here. This podcast is all about diving deep into the mind and understanding this experiment or this game we call life. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for the award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. This is the Mindful Experiment Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Vic. Excited that you're here. This podcast is all about diving deep into the mind and understanding this experiment or this game we call life. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hey everyone, this is Dr. Vic, and you're listening to another episode here on The Mindful Experiment. Each Friday, we release a podcast to connect with individuals to who share something to help us level up in our life, create more wholeness, reconnect, or give us the freedom that we desire to really thrive and be who we are uniquely designed to be. This week, I had the pleasure of interviewing Shelly Lefko, and she is just an amazing individual, great energy, result-oriented individual, where we had some great conversations about limiting beliefs and what are beliefs and how we get conditioned and uh, you know different aspects of how, if we can just remove or understand where a belief system comes or shift it from there, that creates massive behavioral and results changes and it results in our life. To dive a little bit about Shelly, she's a limiting belief coach. She's the co-author of the soon-to-be-published book, Self-Made, The Surprising Solution to Success, co-written with serial entrepreneur Vahan Vepramayan. I might have butchered that last name a little bit. Um, after her husband, Morty Lefko, passed away in 2015, she had to run her business without him for the first time. Five years later, her company is now more profitable than it's ever been, ever, even as the pandemic rages. The tools she used to get through that difficult time are the same ones that she uses to help her clients every single day. Shelly's clients often know what to do to succeed, but often don't know what it takes. What stops them are the beliefs. She empowers these entrepreneurs by push, by helping them eliminate beliefs that limit them and keep them stuck. They are then free to take actions they avoided in the past. Shelly has mastered the process of personal change herself, having helped thousands of people over the last past 30 years. She has an engaging approach to speaking and presenting. Her talks often get standing ovations. Her podcast appears have been popular with many hosts asking her to return. She uses stories, analogies, and her enthusiasm to keep 
keeps audiences fully engaged. You'll feel that energy right off, Shelly, when we get into the combo about beliefs and her and how simple it can be and how sometimes we may overcomplicate how to make changes or thrive or grow or work through things or what may be holding us back. And usually it's a belief. And that belief is what's holding what is really creating the outcome. And so if we can change that, we change this. So with no further ado, here is Shelly Lefko. Without no further ado, here is Sherry. Without no further ado, here is Shelly Lefko. Shelly, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Vic. I'm excited to have you on. I love what you're up to. I love the limiting belief stuff that you do. I feel listeners, we're going to have a really, really good combo here. I have a feeling. Um, but before we get into all the good stuff, my listeners already know, I like to get right into things. So what, tell us your story. How'd you get into limited beliefs and all that stuff? Yeah. So I had some great careers and, um, I met my husband and, um, he was on what he calls a spiritual intellectual journey, uh, to find out why people do things that they know going in are not good for them. So, you know, people know they should wear seatbelts and they don't. They know they should eat healthily and they don't. They know they should exercise and they don't. We go into relationships going in that we know there are red flags and then we stay in them. We stay in jobs we hate. So he was on this journey and he was on a plane going and, and he was also looking at why things weren't turning out for him in his life. So he always would get right up to the end and then it wouldn't happen. So he was on a plane going to California and he was journaling. He was just writing and writing. And out of his hand came this process. And he had this, what you know he calls a download, but he was very humble. <laughs> he was a genius. And he had this download that um, people's lives are consistent with their beliefs. So if you believe dogs are dangerous, you will not bend down and pet it. If you believe people are dangerous, you will stay back. So um, uh, there are, and, and we'll talk, of course, lots more about this, but your life is consistent with your beliefs, period. So he created this process and he was pitching. We were doing corporate consulting and he was pitching this company in California. The state was giving a million dollar grant to get people off the streets and, and out of uh, welfare and back to work. And they were looking for motivational speakers. And he did the process that he created to get rid of beliefs on the people. They hired him on the spot. He flew home and he showed it to me. He did, he did it with a friend of ours who wanted desperately to get married and kept not getting married. And he asked her what her beliefs were. And she just started spouting, well, men are jerks and marriage is um, suffocating. And, you know, give, and I was just sitting there watching and well, given those beliefs and our beliefs are unconscious. We most of, we don't even know we have them. So, so given those beliefs, it makes total sense, right? He does the process on her, Vic. And I just went, I, I swear it was like the universe almost knocked me off my chair. I, it really was one of the most powerful experiences of my life. And I just went, 
that's why I'm on this planet. Like, that's why I'm here to do that. And I kind of breathed in and I owned the process. It was, it was incredible. Nothing ever came to me in that way. And so I've been doing it ever since. And it's been uh, over 30 years and it's miraculous. And there's never a day, you know, I always say I'm a results girl, right? I'm not, you know, I'm from New York, even though I live in California, I'm not woo woo. You know, I love all my friends are personal growth people and the whole personal growth world and all of that, but I'm not, you know, woo woo. I'm, I'm not airy fairy. I'm like results. And, um, and so I have the privilege of working with people all over the world, um, helping them have the lives that they want. So that's my story. I love that story. <laughs> it's amazing. It. <laughs> I love it. Yes. And it's one of those things too. Like it's amazing how like it, 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 it hit you right there. Right. And you're just like, Oh my God, that's it. This is it. It's a feeling that comes in. It's like a light bulb switches. And also you get this feeling and it's just like, yeah, this is it. I love that. Now, you know, people listening, I'm, I'm all about beliefs and all that. I'm big into that myself. And it's one of the things, how do let's let, if we might taking a step-by-step process here, how does beliefs develop? Like how do we, where our beliefs come from? Yeah, it's my wonderful question. So we come into this world as little balls of consciousness and we look around and we're in this little world. It was if you were born sitting in the room that you're sitting in or the car that you're driving and listening to this. And you look around and you see one or two people, mom, dad, mom, mom, dad, dad, whatever single mom, whatever your situation is. And I always say this uh, pretty much in every podcast that I do, because it's so important. If you have children and you have little ones, Think about what happens when you walk in the house at night. And I I once asked my client in Uganda, you know, what do your kids want when you come home? And everybody says they want affection, attention, and acknowledgement. Mommy, mommy, pick me up. Hi, hold me, play with me, be with me, read to me, look at me. And then I asked the question, and I'll ask you this question. What is the one word question? Every four-year-old asks all day long. One word. Why? Why? And everybody knows that. So it always comes from you, not me. I don't make I don't make any of this up. So if you're not getting, sorry, if you're getting criticized and um, judged, and you're not getting acknowledged by your parents. Kids say, why, why am I not getting, remember affection, attention and acknowledgement. Why am I not getting acknowledged? Why can't I live up to my parents' expectations? Oh, I see, I'm not good enough. Why, listen up everybody, because I think this is a young audience who may have young kids. Why is mom or dad looking at my iPhone while they're talking to me? I'm sorry, while I'm talking to them. Oh, I must not be important. Why am I not getting kisses and hugs and cuddles? Well, I must not be lovable. Why are they yelling at me when I make a mistake or fail to do something? Well, I guess mistakes and failures are bad. 
Why are they always complaining about money? Oh, I guess money is scarce and hard to get. Why are they yelling at each other? Why are they screaming at each other? Well, I guess relationships don't work. So that's how our beliefs get formed. And something that very few people know and why most things that say they're going to get rid of beliefs don't is because we think we see our beliefs in the world. So it's impossible to not believe something you think you see. So if somebody said to you, um, uh, trees are purple, you'd say, no, they're green. And they'd say, no, I'm telling you, they're really, they're purple. You'd say, no, they're green. And you know, it's like you believe in Santa Claus because you see Santa Claus. He's got a red suit and a white beard and he, Christmas morning, you got presents that I believe, I believe. And then at eight years old, when you get, wait a minute. I remember one Christmas, my um, niece was sitting on, on my cousin's uh, lap, uh, his, his her mother and she looks at Santa Claus and all the, all the nieces and nephews knew already. And she was the last one. And she goes, mommy, that's daddy. And up until then, she used to scream when he walked into the room. And that was it. Belief was gone and never came back. Richard, I love how you bring out the, how we, what we see and let that dictate our belief systems rather than, you know, looking at it from an internal factor, right? Because isn't it more internally where we, we have, that's where our beliefs, you know, can come, come from that? Or is it more of the conditioning of the belief where it's kind of like, well, I feel like, let's say mommy and daddy complain about money, so it's hard and scarce. And then down the road, right, ego mind takes that in and all of a sudden it's like, here's you believe this is what you saw and you said, this is what it is. Well, now I have to show that because you're saying you, you have value to that. Yeah. I'm not big on the, you know, uh, psychological assessments, you know, we could talk about um, meaning at some point, yeah. um, but you know, we make up meaning for things. So I don't think that you do things because you want to prove your beliefs are right. You know, sometimes maybe, it's very simple, Vic. It's just, you have beliefs and it's like things used to come very easily to me. You know, they just, a lot of things I did came easily. And I never realized that until one day I said to my, a friend of mine, how did you learn PowerPoint? And she says, oh, it's easy. I got on and I failed and failed and failed and failed until I learned it. And I sat there and I went, that's really interesting. When something comes hard to me, I staff it out. I ask a friend, I, but I don't take it on. So I didn't realize I had this belief. I lived alone in New York City. I traveled all over the world when I was in my 20s. You know, I would never have thought I had this belief. But when something came hard, I didn't do it. And so I only reached certain levels in my life. And I said to my husband, would you work with me? And he said, sure. So we sit down and I tell him the pattern. So the pattern is what you want to get rid of. A pattern is observable. I procrastinate. I don't speak up for myself. 
I let people mistreat me. I um, get in crappy relationships. I stay in a job I hate. Those are patterns. I can watch you do that. Beliefs. And so, and by belief, I mean a statement about reality that you believe is the truth. That's what you think is the truth. That's what a belief is. Beliefs cause the patterns, right? They underlie the patterns. So I sat down with my husband. He said, what do you believe? And we have ways of helping people get what their beliefs are. And when you say a belief out loud, everybody take a deep breath. Say, I'm not good enough. Now say, I'm a monkey. Do they feel the same or different? Different. Different. Beliefs are just words and they feel different, loaded, yuck, I don't want to say it. You know, somebody, you know, if I say, say I'm not important, those, those are the two most common beliefs people have. I'm not good enough and I'm not important. So if I say, say that out loud, they, you know, people will either say it and say, oh, I don't want to say that. Or, or they'll look at me and go, I'm not saying that. I don't believe that. You know, it's just words, you know. So if you didn't feel good, that's the first way you know you have a belief is it doesn't feel good to say it. Because if you didn't believe it, it would feel like I'm a monkey. So I said the words, I'm not capable. And tears came to my eyes. And I was like, wow, interesting. And then in the same session, I'll never forget it ever. I got rid of the beliefs. So the three beliefs I think that changed my life the most was that was um, mistakes and failures are bad. And you may have written, uh, sorry, read every business book on the shelf that tells you mistakes and failures are, you know, there's no such thing as mistakes and failures. There's only Richard Branson says, you know, if you're not failing a lot, you're going to be mediocre because if you're not failing, you're doing what you did yesterday and you'll never be successful doing what you did. I could tell you every quote that I knew, just like you do, I still had the belief. I was teaching it and I still had the belief. Information doesn't get rid of our beliefs. When I got rid of those beliefs and the third belief and the most powerful belief I ever got rid of was what makes me good enough is having other people think well of me. Changed my life. Powerful. And you brought up something too, because a lot of times we think, and I was like the same way where it comes to like information. I would just try to break through these things and go head on with it and be like, I'm going to study and read 80, 120 books. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do all these things. And yet the same thing would just still be there underlying, still doing that um, through that process. In the information era we live today, why is it that like information or knowledge or learning about something doesn't really create the breakthrough? Because... So I've worked with, and, and I, I always feel like I'm going to lose credibility when I say this, except I only speak the truth. So you could know anything that comes out of my mouth is true. I have five Harvard PhDs who had the belief I'm stupid. Here's why. And I'll tell you what one of them said to me. 
early on, we were working at a company and, um, uh, and I don't do that anymore, but we were working inside a company and I was working with this, um, with the psychologist in the company. And he said, I hate my job. I hate it. I hate, I just want to leave. And I said, well, what do you believe that has you not leave? And we got to, I'm stupid. And I look at his um, resume or whatever we had in those days. And I said, don't you have a PhD from Harvard? And he said, oh yeah, I conned my way through Harvard. Now, here's why information doesn't change your beliefs. Again, I'm going to go back to the seeing step. I saw Santa Claus and somebody comes and says to you, so let me tell you that there's no Santa Claus. And they know that because there was a sighting, you know, they looked all over and they never saw him and they give you all this information. And you said, yeah, but I still saw Santa Claus. So if you have the belief, um, uh, oh, here's a good, a good example. So you have a belief, men are stupid and day, men are selfish, men are, um, what do they say? Men are selfish, they only care about one thing, you can't trust men, uh, they'll leave you because women's fathers walked out on them or, you know, abandoned them or did whatever. So they have all these beliefs about men that they think they saw. I saw that men can't be trusted. I, my father cheated on my mother. You know, I saw that. Now I go into a workshop and I have all these beliefs and they tell me, okay, here's how to have a great relationship. You have to approach men and then, you know, you have to be this and you have to be authentic and you have to be blah, blah, blah. And, and they teach you all these wonderful things. There's great workshops out there, great information. Now you're taking notes and you're writing and you're okay. Now I'm going to have this relationship and you go home and where are those notes next week? In a drawer. In a drawer, yep. And why it doesn't change is if you have beliefs that are antithetical to what you're learning that are going to keep you. I go to a, a um, how to influence people. What's his name? Um, uh, I know who you're uh, talking about, but I don't know. Yeah. 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 So uh, Dale Carnegie. So I go to a Dale Carnegie workshop and I learn how to be with people and I learn how to, and I get all this great information, but I still have the belief people will hurt me, or people can't be trusted, or I'm not good enough. I, I'm not putting myself in a room to do any of this stuff. You know, I'm writing a book about entrepreneurs, and it's really not about entrepreneurs. It's about beliefs, but it's in the context of entrepreneurs. You know, anybody could read it. But it, it, with entrepreneurs, you know, you have to be a risk taker. You have to. And if you believe you know, mistakes and failures are bad. If I have, if I make a mistake or fail, I'll be rejected. I'll tell you a, a great story. So we used to do this niche and I stopped doing it because it was so easy that I was bored to death. Um, and it's, it's the number one fear in the country, of course, is fear of public speaking. You know, Jerry Seinfeld said, wait a minute, if fear of public speaking is the number one fear in the country over death, 
that means at a funeral, I'd rather be in the coffin than doing the eulogy. <laughs> I love some Jerry Seinfeld, must say. Yeah, yeah. So fear of public speaking is, I think it's nine beliefs and three what we call conditionings. And I'll, I'll talk a little, little, little bit about that. So you get rid of these nine beliefs and your fear of public speaking goes away. So this, this is a great story. So this guy I'm working with, and he's getting rid of the belief, if I make a mistake or fail, I will be rejected. When he was a boy, his father used to stop talking to him for days if he did something his father didn't like. So when I got to the, so there's a whole process and you get to the place where I said, did you ever see it? And he says, every day of my life. Now, anything you could see, Vic, has a color, shape, and location. You cannot see into the future. You cannot see if I make a mistake or fail, I will be rejected. You can see your father not talking to you, right? And if I said to his father, why did you just reject Vic? He'd say, I didn't reject him. I just not talking to him. You know, what are you talking about? Right. So he finally gets it and he's, he gets rid of the belief. So the next day he's doing a presentation and he's speaking and somebody points out that what he just said was wrong. He made a mistake. And he says, well, what's the right answer? And the guy tells him and he says, everybody listen up. What I just said was wrong. What Vic just said was right. Vic, can you please repeat it again? And then he says, thank you for help for pointing it out. I would never have wanted anybody to walk out of here with the wrong information. And he goes on with his speech, his presentation. So he's walking back to his office and he says, Shelly, I was so pumped. It was like nothing, no big deal. He goes into his office and the phone is ringing and it's the executive vice president of his company. And he says, I was in the room when you made that mistake. I was so impressed with how you handled it. I'm putting you up for a promotion. Nice. Not only did he not get rejected, he got promoted because people want leaders who can make a mistake, acknowledge it, and move it on. That's and what that's I was how eliminating beliefs. Yeah, and that's how eliminating beliefs works. Love it. How does the mind then, like you know, the mind uh, when the mind doesn't have all the information, it will fill in the gaps automatically in some way, shape, or form. Is that how you use the word conditioning, or is that a different term relating to that? But no, no, conditioning is just like um, Pavlov's dog. So for everybody who doesn't know, pa Dr. Pavlov showed hungry dogs food. He rang a bell. Uh, sorry, he showed the hungry dogs foods. They salivated and they did that every day. And then he he did it. He showed the hungry dogs food. They salivated and he rang a bell and they did that every day. They showed the hunger. Sorry, they showed the hungry dog food, rang a bell, dog salivated. Then one day they just rang the bell and they didn't show the food and the dog salivated because the bell, the stimulus, the bell got conditioned to produce a response in the dog. 
So if I handed you an ice cream cone and you reached forward to get it and I slapped you and I did that three times on the fourth time when I handed you the ice cream cone, would you lean forward and take it? Absolutely not. (laughs) What would you do? Just leave it alone. Yep. Pull back and say, I ain't not touching that thing. Pull back. Now, ice cream cones don't cause fear in people, but the ice cream cone has now been conditioned to produce fear in you, right? So a stimulus. So we feel, I'll tell you the three most, well, four most common. Fear associated with criticism and judgment. Fear associated with not living up to the expectations of others. Fear of rejection and fear of failure. So none of those things cause fear. But what happens is when you're a kid, every time, well, I'll just take, um, which one? My favorite is not living up to an expectation. So now if I don't live up to somebody's expectations, I could, it's, I'm so not interested. It's like, I'm very clear. I'm not here to live up to anybody's. Now, if, if you say I don't serve you, I care a lot about that, right? I'm here to serve. And you say, Shelly, you didn't serve me. I want to know what happened. What can I do about it? And by the way, why, well, anyway, I don't, I don't go, we don't have time to, to, to why, but, but meaning, just so you know, meaning is made up always. Meaning is in your head. It's not in the events. Events don't have meaning. We don't know anything for sure because something happens. Okay. So going back to conditioning, not living up to an expectation doesn't cause fear. But what happens is when a parent says to you, this is fascinating. When a parent says to you, I'm very disappointed in you. In that moment, do you feel loved or unloved? dog barking at me. I'm sorry. What was that again? The last part. Okay. So if a parent says to you, I am very disappointed in you, Vic, or whoever's listening, imagine that. Would you feel loved or unloved? Absolutely unloved. Unloved. Being unloved by the person on whom your survival depends causes fear, not not living up to an expectation, not criticism and judgment, not failure, but either you're hit as a child, which is a threat to your survival, or you feel unloved by the person on whom your survival depends. So just like the ice cream cone, every time not living up to an expectation is present, so is feeling unloved by the person on whom your survival depends or a perceived threat to your survival. Fear is always caused by a real or imagined threat to your survival. So the only reason you feel fear today is because you never made that distinction. So close your eyes and imagine if your parents said to you what my husband said to my kids, you are not on this earth to live up to our expectations. You are here to do your life. We are here to guide you and keep you safe until you can do that on your own. Now you go to school and a teacher says to you, like happened to my daughter, well, I'm very disappointed in you, Vic. Would you feel fear? Absolutely not. And if you didn't then, would you today? No. 
So that's conditioning. Love that because it's it's one of those things where and I love what your husband says. I'm about to have, be a father in June, and it's one of those things. My Ooh! wife and I, my wife and I talk about like we're like we're here to support them, guide them in their life. You know that we're gonna we're there. We're not, you know, we've come from different backgrounds and how we were, you know, raised and so forth. And we're like, we'll take what we learned that was good, but we're going to do it this way because we want to be supportive to them and not be enforcing on them. So, so can I give you a principle? Yep. So everybody listening, if you have young kids or when you have young kids, this is a game changer, life changer. All right. So I have a parenting course because after doing this work and realizing that all our beliefs come from the first six to eight years, or most of our beliefs come from the first six to eight years of childhood and mostly from our parents, what if we change the way people parent? Oh my goodness, we would not, we would raise a generation of kids very, very, very different, right? So here's the thing. So I have, you know, eight, eight modules of how to do this. But here's the principle. When your child walks away from you, stop and ask yourself, what did they just conclude out of that interaction? And is that a belief I want them to have for the rest of their lives? Now, I could do eight hours on parenting because it's my passion. But, but here's the thing. If your beliefs determine your behavior, what is your job as a parent? Well, if, you, if the belief determines the behavior, then it's you want to focus on what they're believing as a child. That's it. Period. Period. And I do, I'm going to Vietnam to do this. <laughs> I just want this, you know, all over the world. Um, uh, and I'm really excited. I spoke, I did a parenting uh, uh, presentation in Russia. And it was beyond anything um, in the excitement realm to, to see these, these Russian people hungry, starving for information on how to raise kids differently than they were raised. So that's the principle. Yeah, because if we don't, we don't break through these things, like if I don't do my work and break through the stuff that limited beliefs I have, then you're naturally just going to pass those down. Um, that's right. To, and then it just continues the cycle until we finally awaken and go, wait a minute here, hold on. And we work with someone or something along yeah. those lines. Cause that's what happened to me. I started looking at patterns in my family and I'm like, okay, this is not just my parents, but it was also my grandparents. And also they had this and I could see it got better a little bit over time, but nowhere near where it should have. And I was like, interesting. All right. I need to go dive deep into this. Let me be aware of my emotions. Let me see what shows up so that I can see what that can be and then work through it. Yeah. And if you have the belief, the, the one belief that really uh, can hurt you as a parent and hurt your child is what makes me good enough is having other people think well of me because you'll throw your kid under the bus so that some stranger doesn't think you're a bad mother or a bad father. Um, you know, if your child is not sitting still in a restaurant, you get over here. What's wrong with you? You know, what's wrong with me is I'm five years old and I don't want to sit still. <laughs> That's what's wrong. There's nothing wrong with me. Right. But they don't know how to say, which is what I teach, honey, I know you want to run around the restaurant. You're five years old and full of energy. It makes total sense, but you can't because it disturbs people. Let's play a game at the table. And I teach, you know, table games, but it's different to say, 
I, I know you wish you could. I, I get it, but you can't as opposed to what's wrong with you. Totally. It's a different way of just, just that, just two little things right there is a massive change in just how the child sees things and perceives and so forth. Because like, I know for me, it was, I was a very high energetic kid and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, getting yelled at a lot is one of those things where um, I'd be like, man, what the heck? I can't do this. I can't do that. And then later down the road, I started finally realizing, I was like, wait a minute. I had a belief system where I wanted to do something, but then I was always like making sure I had an authoritative or a coach or someone was like, no, you can do that. Or that's fine. And eventually I was like, wait, why am I not, this is what I feel like I should be doing. Why am I not just doing that? And then all of a sudden I started going back and I was like, oh, I remember the exact day. I remember the exact this. And I was like, that's where that comes from. Interesting. And ever since then, it's been like, now when my, like my parents or someone else says something, I'm like, that's, that's great. Thanks for the advice. I appreciate it. <laughs> not affected or anything. So it's, it's a very powerful. And I'm bringing that up just because just to tie with everything you're sharing, it's just powerful when you can and that's where like freedom comes from in a sense, because I believe then we're we, in a sense? all together. Cause it's one of those things where, because <laughs> if you can, and, and, and if you can understand that you can, it's like one of my coaches once said, you know, we were working through a belief system thing and, and all of a sudden uh, he was working in a, in a seminar about this. And then the person said, well, I, some about speaking or something, they had a belief and there was about judgment or something. And he says, you held that belief for 20 something years. He goes, that's how powerful you are. Now, does that mean you can believe in something else? And have a whole different experience there and create that for another 20 years. And you can just see the light switch happen in her, eye, her eyes. And I was just like, very cool stuff. Yeah, it's very powerful stuff. Yeah. Um, it, it's so interesting, Vic, where people got this phrase belief systems. It's like, I don't know what a belief system is, but everybody uses it. Every, I mean, every podcast, everybody belief system, it's a belief. It's, it's something you form, right? Um, uh, you know, we have a program called Natural Confidence, which has 19 of the most common self-esteem beliefs, including mistakes and failures are bad, including all the ones that I said, every belief I said is on there. And you can interact with um, uh, a video, you know, which is, you know, for people who don't want sessions or couldn't afford sessions or don't have time for sessions. It's, it's you know, a really, really uh, fabulous thing. We have thousands and thousands and thousands of testimonials um, for people to be able to do it uh, easily and at their own pace and at their own time. I love that. I think it's more of that work is needed to be done because it's just, you know, we're getting to a, a point in time, right? You, we're living, 95% of our life is lived in the subconscious mind. And it's one of those things where if people just understood, right? Because I've studied, one, I went down the behavioral route, like I'm going to change my behavior, behavior psychology and all that stuff. And not a lot of it worked. And until I got into belief systems, it was one of those things where all of a sudden that was like where the magic was. And I was just like, yeah. wow, you make that one change. Like I said, you're right. I'm, I'm conditioned too with belief systems, uh, but just beliefs in general, like just changing your belief on whatever that is will drastically change the behavior and so much more. Totally, 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 totally. Um, yeah. Eliminatebeliefs.com. That's how you, and you go, oh, you could do it for free. I'm sorry. You can eliminate a belief for free and see how it is. If you go to eliminatebeliefs.com. Yeah. I guess, and have the experience. Well, we can segue into this then. So how can people find out? So you're telling me about that, but how about everything else you do and how they can follow you and all the work you're doing, the programs, the parent program, all that stuff. Yeah. So, um, so the eliminatebeliefs.com is the, is the way to experience it. But if you want information on us, then you go to Lefko Institute, L-E-F as in Frank, K-O-E 
www.ethicsinstitute.com. And um, you'll find out everything you want to know. And my husband's blogs and my blogs are great sources of info. But again, it's information, you know, <laughs> it's great information, but just go do the process. <laughs> you, can inform, you can get all the information and knowledge you want, but if you don't get attacked, those belief systems, nothing changes. That's right. I love yeah. it. Well, I appreciate you having on, having, having you on and all the work that you're doing. Cause I really believe it's, you know, there's things we can learn and make little changes, but I'm, I love more of the big changes. What are we going to make the big ahas? What's going to make the big transformation? And this is the stuff you're doing that I greatly appreciate you're doing for the world yeah. and everyone. Thank you. I, I just want to go back to something when we said nothing changes, you know, people, I don't want to invalidate all the work that people have done because we all grow, you know, we all make changes and, and I use the metaphor, Vic, it's like building a strong building on shaky foundation. So it's not that nothing changes, but what you just said, if you want to make the deep changes, you want to make the real changes, you want to be able to move quantum, you know, like stop procrastinating, not just get better at it, not just go, okay, I'm going to tell myself and I'm going to have a system and I'm going to force myself every day, you know, light, it's exhausting. You can change. It's just hard. When you get rid of the beliefs, it's easy. You know, you're you're aware of, like if you're in a meeting and you have this little voice in your head and you go, I'm going to say something. And the voice in your head says, no, it's stupid or they know it or you better not or don't take a chance. So you're aware that that voice is there. After you eliminate beliefs like what I have to say is not important, it's not safe to speak up, the beliefs go away. And then you're in a meeting and what happens is, you start talking. So I'll sometimes say to people, did you notice anything this week in between sessions? And they'll say, well, huh? Oh my God. I was at the meeting and I just started speaking. I didn't, you know, sometimes, sometimes they do realize it, but sometimes it's just like, wow, that's so interesting <laughs> because the new behavior is effortless when the beliefs go away. I'm glad you brought that up because that's one of the things where, you know, again, it's the effortlessness to it to make those changes. It just makes things a lot easier where you can do it the other way, but it's just the routine. And like, it's like memory, like the new thing about memory now is like, we know that there's something called difference between good memory and a working memory. There's a big difference between the two. And that is that you can go and learn something, repetition, 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 until it gets like ingrained in your brain, or you can learn how a working memory works and you can memorize something like in five minutes and be done. It's so funny. I'm doing Jim Quick's course now. He's a wonderful, dear friend of mine. And I just decided to do his course. And he says the same thing, that old rote learning, memorize, memorize, memorize is exhausting. And he teaches you how to, you know, use your brain so differently. And he's, he's totally awesome. I mean, I just love him. But, but I really appreciate what you're saying about, um, you know, people talk about affirmations. And I laugh because if you have a belief, I'm not good enough. So my fist, you can't see me, most of you are listening to this, but my fist is a belief, right? I can't put something where there is something already. So you could stand in front of a mirror going, I'm not, I'm good enough. I'm good enough. I'm good enough. I'm good enough. <laughs> but until you get rid of the belief, there's no space to create that. And the only people who have to stand in front of the mirror going, I'm good enough. I'm good enough. I'm good enough. Is somebody who believes what? They're not because 
Yeah, if they believed they were good enough, they wouldn't stand, they wouldn't have to keep standing in front of the mirror. I love that. Yeah, no, it's yeah. so true in so many different ways. And that's, uh, and we can go on and on, but it's, uh, it's one of those things where, um, yeah, it just makes things easier. And I'm all about like the deep foundational changes. So again, appreciate all that you're doing. Thank you for all the work and uh, making huge change in the world. You're welcome. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for tuning into the podcast. If you found this episode to be inspirational, pay it forward by sharing with someone that you know can benefit from this. If this is your first time tuning in, please follow us, connect with us so you don't miss another amazing episode. And until next time, keep rocking and rolling. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Thanks for tuning into the podcast. If you found this episode to be inspirational, pay it forward by sharing with someone that you know can benefit from this. If this is your first time tuning in, please follow us, connect with us so you don't miss another amazing episode. And until next time, keep rocking and rolling.